Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Craig Webb back with us. Craig is a dream and consciousness author, researcher, and inventor, a professional educator and performing artist and award-winning filmmaker. His life path was set in motion three decades ago when he nearly drowned on a whitewater rafting trip and suddenly began recalling up to 10 dreams a day. Can you imagine that? and having lucid dreams and verifiable visions of the future. Since then, he's graduated from McGill University, participated in pioneering dream and consciousness research at Stanford University, a hospital in Montreal. He has also designed electronic mind development and biofeedback tools, helped founded and produced Making Contact, which was a radio show airing on up to 250 stations for more than two decades internationally. His books include The Dreams Behind the Music, a CD, Dreams and Dying. Craig, welcome back. How are you, sir? Hi, George. Great to be back. Doing pretty well, thanks. Great. I love these dream stories. I, I, I... I know. Right, last time I was on, I think uh, you guys closed with uh, Louis Armstrong music. I don't know if you remember. I do. But a uh, dream-inspired artist, Armstrong. It is amazing. We're going to get into your latest work, The Dreams Behind the Music, because that has inspired so many different artists. But dreams are amazing. But let's talk about, for new people, talk about this episode of uh, that happened three decades ago where you nearly drowned. What happened? Yeah, well, uh, I guess that was kind of my watershed experience. I was a good little physicist, you know, very science-minded, objective world, provability, research. And then pretty suddenly, uh, everything changed uh, very shortly after I had this near drowning. 
So I was on a whitewater raft in a river in Quebec City, actually, Jacques Cartier River. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't too afraid of water. I was a big swimmer, a kayaker, but sat near the back of the raft because the bumps were better. Yeah. But then uh, surprise submersion, you know, kind of imagine cold fall water with silt, so I couldn't see anything. And I had my life jacket, but bumping into the raft underneath, no time for a breath. And then kind of everything slowed down, I guess, the fight and flight turned to this very strange peace. Wow, I'm dying. This is really it, you know. I just had this simple, single thought. And, and with it, this peace, which I wouldn't expect normally when I'm drowning, but <laughs> there it was, and I just took it. And then uh, I guess I, the guide must have pulled me out. I don't remember exactly, but I rafted the rest of the day pretty much as normal. And then uh, started remembering, like like you mentioned before, many, many dreams a day, sometimes previous days' dreams and the following days. And I'd never really remembered dreams much before. So a big, uh, some kind of big gate opened where I was connecting with intuition, subconscious dreams. And of course, uh, the lucid dreaming, where you know you're dreaming in the dream, which is pretty remarkable all by itself, isn't it? Right, right. And And that kind of dream started too, so it was kind of... <laughs> I wrote a song about it, but I was like, wow, you mean that physical life here where I perceive with my eyes, ears, nose, skin, that's just one station on a big dial of experience? Wow, nobody told me that in physics class. You know, we can pick up things with precognition. We can tune into other people telepathically. And then we can get pretty interesting info, maybe creativity, sometimes very practical daily career or relationship guidance all these things I was finding out in my dreams and lucid dreams, I was kind of like, okay, I guess I'll explore and research this. And I guess at the end of uh, 30, 35 years now, you, you see the story as it played out. It's truly remarkable, the dream state. Now, are dreams originating from the brain or outside of the brain? Yeah, that's an interesting conundrum there. Uh, it so is. I would say... Uh, Dreams itself is, is a word we should define a little bit because a lot of people use it differently. Sure. For now and for tonight, I guess we'll use an experience that you have well, you know, physically prone and usually asleep, eyes closed. Uh, but there's lots of variations. Certainly there's a big variation. People use, oh, these dreams I have from my future and waking life. So it's not exactly what we're talking about today. But the, the dreams and sleep, I would say, originate at least in the whole body. So... Let's uh, expand a little bit just past the sleeping brain. Uh, since certain body positions, certain touch, certain, I guess, trauma held in the body can, and even injuries and wounds on the body can show up well in dreams and, and vice versa. So, and then uh, let's say there must be some kind of invisible substance. I don't know, the mind, you might call it that, or something like the, uh, the ethereal body or the invisible body that prints out into the physical. And my guess is the dreams bridge between the, the physical brain and physical body and some, some of this inner matter, whatever we want to call it, the mind and the, the realm beyond. So I guess probably both and may, maybe way more. <laughs> Do you think societies have been interested in dreams since the beginning of mankind? Uh, absolutely. In fact, not just interested, I think living probably... Uh, I mean, even little children nowadays, you know, George, uh, they don't necessarily differentiate too much between dreams. They'll say, oh, yeah, I met my little friend, but the, the little child didn't go out to play at all. And they said, oh, you were dreaming that? Oh, well, yes, I met him. Huh. So eventually we train them that, oh, that was imagination, that was a dream, but 
a child's experiencing it full on as if they might experience a physical event. It's like it's real. I think, uh, you know, Native societies have not quite lost that connection maybe as much as we did. And in fact, there's a lot of shamans worldwide, sort of, let's say, uh, cultural, spiritual cultures, and certainly the spiritual folks from those cultures we call shamans or medicine men or medicine women, uh, who are quite connected with the inner worlds, uh, the shamanic worlds, dreaming in practical ways to help their, I guess, tribe and family members and certainly themselves. And uh, what would you say about that? Do you think uh, cultures over many years, uh, maybe many many millennia, have stayed tuned with dreams? Yeah, I think they probably have. And what fascinates me about the dreams more than anything is the precognitive dreams. How in the world does that happen? Like the pharaoh, right? Yeah. Back to the Egyptian culture. Uh, you know, documented in the Bible, the, the pharaoh had the dream that later Joseph interpreted. That they acted on, which... We'll slip in a little principle here for listeners. Uh, not just what does a dream mean, which is a great question, a little bit around mm-hmm. Sigmund Freud, but what does it want? In this case, the Pharaoh's dream. Uh, we won't get into all the details, but it came pretty clear to Joseph and the Pharaoh. It wanted them to actually physically save grain and save meats for seven years in the storehouses. And uh, the Pharaoh thought it was so important he put you know, prisoner at the time, a prisoner, Joseph, in charge of it as his, I guess, first in command. And they did. They saved it all up after the dream and, and saved many millions of lives when there was a huge drought and famine later. So some interesting history there, and I guess uh, a precognitive dream that served many, many, many people. Who gives us the information? Is it coming from other sources, like the angelic world, or is it God? Well, who's who's telling people these things? <laughs> Who's telling people, and who's telling us? Have you ever had a premonition or a precognitive dream, George? My daughter did. She had a 911 dream, but we didn't know what it was until after the fact, unfortunately. How long before was it? Two weeks before. Yeah. She called me up and said, Dad, I had the strangest dream that I'm in this big city walking down the street, and I'm looking up, and all I can see is ash coming down like huge snowflakes. Right. And I look down and I'm in six inches of it walking, but it's all over the place. I could barely breathe and I could see these buildings, but you couldn't see them. It was really weird. And then she called me up when the first plane hit one of the towers. And she said, dad, it's my dream. Look. And I turned on the television that morning and I saw what was going on, but, but she had that two weeks before. Yeah, and at that time, you know, September, I guess maybe uh, August 2001, and then certainly after September 11th, uh, I got a lot of inquiries and a lot of people, and in fact, uh, a lot of people even would come on different shows that I was invited on to say, yes, 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 I dreamt that event beforehand too. Like fairly clearly with some specifics, and some people got warning dreams, don't go to work today, somebody worked in the towers, you know. Uh, So where does it come from? Uh, certainly it, can, it comes from uh, something inside. You know, we're not exactly tuned to events, future events. We don't have any time machine quite yet in physical life. But let's say the brain, the mind, uh, something inside, invisible mechanism, intuition, maybe we want to call it, can tune in across time, uh, certainly to, uh, more obviously to past events, but somehow also to future events. And when something's really emotionally marking, 
like September 11th, you know, the, the Twin Towers, mm-hmm. which affected the whole world and certainly uh, North America. Here, It's going to be very strong in terms of sort of, I don't know what we could call a ghost image or a probable future, something that we can tune into in dreams. In fact, I dreamt of huge towers falling into rubble and sort of crumbling from the ground in a, in, a, in a big city five years before, but on September 11th, five years before. Wow. So I thought that's kind of interesting. There are no coincidences, Craig. A little principle there. These things happened, and they happened for a reason. But wow. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And again, though, the question is, what's doing it? I mean, what are we tapping into, all of us, when, when we have these precognitive events, whether it's telepathy, precognitive dreams, whatever it is, there's got to be something out there that we're, you know, just like a wireless Internet getting in touch with. Yeah, like uh, what I call the inner net, right? Uh, well, I'd like to make a visual analogy because we can relate a little bit better. You know, time sometimes a little bit uh, vague or, or tough to, to grasp for some people. But let's say we're driving down a road or a highway. We know we have to get off at this exit, take this turn, do this, and then we'll see our friend or we'll go to this meeting or go to work or school or whatever. So we have this kind of timeline. Now I'm using the, the road as an analogy where there's certain events along the highway of life except that at the moment we can't really see farther than the windshield of our car. In other words, kind of the present moment, and we can guess what's going to happen in the next five, ten minutes, most likely. But then we can tune in somehow. Let's say our inner GPS <laughs> says, yeah, well, yeah, there's a map. Here's, here's the most likely event uh, you know, f- for your daughter two weeks hence, and it's very emotionally upsetting. So 
We won't give you details because probably you can't prevent it. So that would just be frustrating and maybe you'll feel guilty. But we'll give you enough details that, hey, maybe you will start developing this inner sense, you know, precognition as a gift that could serve you and others in a practical way, uh, you know, outside of September 11th in in an individual, personal, practical way. So I usually encourage people to ask more just like how or what can we do with it rather, you know, rather than maybe uh, why did it happen. Um, and sort of aim towards something that's practical, beneficial. Because a lot of people end up in fear or guilt. Oh, my gosh, I could have avoided it. Or, yeah. oh, my God, that's terrifying. What it could have. That's not really why they come. They come to kind of help us. Sometimes the first time it comes is kind of a wake-up, wow, this is possible. But after that, a little more practical. So. I am convinced, Craig, that we can influence other people in our dream state. What do you think of that? <laughs> I love that one. Like Inception, right? Yeah, the great movie. Absolutely. Did you have an experience of that? Or uh, yes, I, I practice it quite often uh, to huh. accomplish things I need to accomplish or to get the, the person that I needed to become aware of certain things aware. Yeah. And, I, and I've done that. And it seems they to have worked a lot. Otherwise. You know, whether it's a job interview or, or anything, uh, you concentrate on the person, you go to sleep, and then... It takes over. It does its thing. Like sending an email, but not through the internet, right? Right, through the like mind. Sending a text message inside or Yeah, you, or you basically like plant it into their brain. Well, here's an interesting little... Am I right? Uh, well, I would say uh, anyone who shares their experience is always right, because it's true for them. So I absolutely agree. I've had plenty of experiences, so I am totally resonating. Example here, a little more famous, is uh, Johnny Cash, you know, famous singer, uh, who dreamt uh, with Willie Nelson. Before they started working together in the Highwaymen group, he dreamt uh, pretty clearly of Willie Nelson. I think he'd met him once or twice, but pretty vaguely. And uh, in the dream, Nelson said, hey, I have this great song for you, and sang it for him. And then he says, I think you should do a whole album of Indian music, because Johnny Cash was Native American. Yeah. And then uh, he said, by the way, I have this very specific song you might really like. And he sort of sang it and gave him the name. And when Cash woke up, he said, well, it's kind of strange. Maybe it's just symbolic. But just in case, he found, uh, I guess he got his agent to look up Willie Nelson and said, you don't by any chance have any new songs and perhaps even a song named such and such. And, you know, Willie Nelson freaked out because he had that exact song, but he hadn't shared it even with it his. Was, it was his secret. <laughs> So somehow tuning in to others at a distance, quite possible, and in this case practical, because he recorded the song later. But we don't know why, do we? Or how. I or think how. anything is conjecture. But let's say uh, anything that appears in life, internet, text messages, will have an inner corollary, in other words, an inner version of it. So if we can send emails, if we can speak to people, I'm sure there's an inner version, and we'll just call it telepathy or dream tuning or maybe inception. It is remarkable. Yeah, but people have weird dreams, too, where they're running and their feet are running like crazy, but they're not going anywhere. Or they're, they're falling, but they, don't, they never hit. Have you had that one? Which one is that? Stuck in jello. No, I've never had a jello dream yet. That's well, kind of the, like their feet stuck and can't move around. How about radio announcers seem to have this little one of sort of dead air or, you know, I can't get my notes together for the. No, thank radio. God I've never had. I'll tell never you one dream that. I've had. This this one I want you to analyze for me. I, I, when I was in college, I got 
a full-time job at a television station. I was 19 years old, 18, 19 years old. And in order to keep that full-time job, I, and it was at a, at a television station, I was just a production assistant. I had to switch my major from daytime to nighttime. My dad was concerned that I wasn't gonna get my degree in four years, and I promised him I would. I said, Dad, I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna go to school at night, and I'm gonna go right to class after my job. And he said, you promise? And I said, I will, I will. Anyways, I did all that. Now here comes the dream. You needed 128 credit hours to graduate. I went to the University of Detroit. I would have this recurring dream that I had 127 credits. I would wake up, Craig, in a sweat thinking I never graduated. I got to the point where I had to go to bed with my diploma <laughs> by, my, by my stand so I would see it in the morning when I had one of those dreams. What the heck was, why, did, why was I dreaming that? in the first place, that I was a credit hour short. Yeah, well, i got to give you credit for, for sharing a nightmare here. So maybe that's your 128th credit there. Yeah. <laughs> Bad little joke. But I would say that's pretty close to the variation a lot of people have of not finishing the exam or unprepared for the exam or uh, like some radio announcers, the notes aren't ready or there's dead air on the mic or there's lots of variations, you know, at work people, oh, I don't have any, I didn't prepare the presentation, etc. So there's a concern in waking life. The mind has this concern, I've got to really, you know, keep my commitment and my promise to dad and make sure that I get the diploma and it's still working. And that feeling becomes pretty entrenched. You know, dreams are very tied to feelings. So later on, you know, after the diploma that you, you keep under your pillow to prove to yourself, you might still have the feeling, though, of stress. Maybe there's upcoming deadline. Maybe there's something you want to make sure that you really ace it and complete well. And probably the dream comes as like a feeling marker to show you, oh, yeah, we're kind of in that, that mode again of <laughs> watch out. We're getting over-concerned. Or sometimes a little bit of a warning, you know, prepare better. The uh, late for an exam or unprepared is sometimes a pretty clear warning. Make sure that we do prepare for the show, the the operations some doctors have it, or whatever it is. So it can be both. A little bit of a stress guidance, how to manage stress, because life is going to have stress. And then also sometimes a bit of a warning. So does any of that resonate? Yeah, it does. It does. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.